I should totally shorten that theme song, right? 30 seconds is kind of long every time. What do you think? Oh, welcome to the Asshole Podcast for Jerks Who Like Assholes. Really happy to have you here. I'm the host, What's Her Face? Uh, nobody likes her. And I'm really glad you guys came back. I'm Okay, look, let's just talk this out. I really feel weird about last week's show. If this is your first show, last week's show got weird. Okay, the whole point of the show, me doing this with you, in a sense, yes, group therapy, yes. Yes, I'm a bit, I'm a bit weird, and uh, I get things out, and if you get a laugh out of it, thank you, Jesus, it made it worthwhile. I'm glad it happened to me, only if, if for no other reason than you got a laugh on the bus or masturbating or whatever the fuck it is you're doing. Working? Maybe you're working. Maybe you're masturbate for work. I don't know. I don't know these things. But if you can get a laugh out of my misery, it, it makes it worth it for me. I'm almost glad it happened. Almost. So, okay, last time I got into a fight with my cunt sister. And there's something about the dynamic of my cunt sister and my mom that makes me feel really small. And it made me feel weird. And I got emotional about it. And I just happened to be getting emotional in front of the microphone. And I, I thought about it. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm putting this up. It's honest. It's real. It's what happened. It's a genuine expression of emotion. And I fought myself about whether or not I should cut that part out. Because part of me is like, okay, people, this is a quote unquote comedy show. And yes, I understand that people over the years, like through Return to Sender and now onto this, they, they've grown to know me and maybe cutting it out would be dishonest. And I don't really want to do that because the whole point of this for me is to be brutally honest. And there's a lot of, a lot of fucking things I probably really should keep to myself. But for whatever reason, if those things that I should have kept to myself are embarrassing, I don't care. If I'm acting like a bitch, meh, it doesn't bother me. But I felt really vulnerable about openly weeping about my crazy family on this show. It made me feel really weird. And I didn't like it. And I wrestled with myself. And on one hand, I was like, well, it's honest. It should go out. Like, why? Why should I edit myself? Like, why should I, why should I cut it out? Because it might make some people uncomfortable. And then I thought to myself, yeah, yeah, that's part of the reason. And then the other part of the reason is um, it made me feel really vulnerable and I didn't like it because it was pretty much like opening up a trench coat and then having you see my saggy, sad, stretch mark covered belly and, uh, it, it weirded me out. It was my, I basically showed you my emotional, saggy, sad, stretch marked belly in audio form. But if you close your eyes right now and you can just picture the pudgy, doughy, sagginess of it, that's, we're on the same team, right? Do you know what I mean? Am I making any sense? Did I just say saggy belly like 150 times for no reason? Probably, probably, yeah. Excellent statement. So I fought with myself. I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I cut it out? Do I leave it in? Do I cut it out? Do I leave it in? And at the end of the day, after about a week of humming and hawing and thinking and working it out, I cut it out. I, I couldn't do it. So if you, if you downloaded the show initially when it first came out, like all of my favorite listeners do, you, you unfortunately got mistreated because you got stuck with the sniveling. <laughs> um, Sanchez, you got stuck with that Sanchez. And if you downloaded later and okay, I'm not telling you guys, you're not exactly my favorite. I like you. I like you. You're okay, I guess. If you, you know, wait that long to download, you probably don't really like me that much. Do you? Right. Okay. Just waiting. Yeah. Okay, just waiting for your response. Didn't get one. Probably because you wait so long to respond. Right? 
Okay, so the bottom line is I cut it out and you, you basically got the gist of the exact same story, minus the sniveling crybaby part. And I don't, I don't often cry, so it kind of took me by surprise when everything, all those weird emotions kind of jumped on my back and like pulled apart my, my snap button flannel lesbian exterior and showed the sad, sad, vulnerable little girl inside. But I sit in front of this microphone today with my plaid flannel snap button front lesbian exterior armor, some might say. I, I, I'm sealed up. I'm ready. I'm back to normal. That will not happen again. And I think next time violence would be the only answer. Because had I just punched my sister in the face, I'd probably still be in jail right now. And I wouldn't have done a podcast where I sniveled and snarled and cried and acted like an asshole. But what's done is done. What's done is done. And if this if this one right here, if this episode right here is your very first show, I'm not sorry. I'm not. This is real. This is partially real. All stories are based on actual events. My perception of those actual events. So you get what you get, if you know what. Okay. Now, uh, next on the agenda. Uh... As I have told you, I am part of a Garbage Hill podcasting network, and I listened to one of their shows called Couch Surfing. I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I've listened to four or five now, and uh, the guys are adorable. There's Devin and Terrence, and I don't know what the fuck is going on with those guys. I listen to shows with... I'm going to say, like, pretty famous Winnipeg celebrities, and if you're not from here, you won't really care. But if you are from here, these guys, somehow, I don't know how, we have a talk radio guy. I think he's probably one of the most famous talk radio guys in the city, Charles Adler. He's a big deal here. He's, like, the talk radio guy. I think he's on from, I don't know, 9 to 10 to 11 or 9 to 11. I don't know. Whatever. I only stalk him on weekends. I don't know what he does during the week. None of my business. They got him to come and sit with them and have a talk about his career. And it was really interesting to listen to him talk in kind of like a relaxed setting. It was just, I enjoyed it. They had Fred Penner on their fucking show. Like, it's just, they're just two guys. Like, they're just two guys sitting around talking. And they get these celebrities to come on. And I'm just like, you got, okay, if you're American, it's Raffi. Okay. He's, Fred Penner is Canadian Raffi. Okay, I just, how, did, how the fuck did they get Fred Penner to come to their show? How did they get Fred Penner on their couch with a guitar hanging out, telling stories about being on the road and little Richard and strumming his guitar? I just, I don't know. I, I am dumbfounded by that. So anyway, listen, the first show I've listened to in the network, the Garbage Hill Network, that is, is Couch Surfing. And I really enjoyed it. I really did. For, um, for your listening pleasure, you should go and check them out and leave an iTunes review for them. But only after you leave an iTunes review for me. Because I only have 20 on the Canadian site. And uh, I don't want to name names here, but uh, that's not enough. That's, uh, there's more of you out there than that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't try and fucking give me some note from your mom because that's bullshit. Okay? I know your mom. She wants you to leave an iTunes review. She already did. Lazy. Okay, the other thing you need to know... Before I get into Daryl, because Daryl's going first, and then Rose has sent in... I haven't listened to it yet, but it's much anticipated, so I'm very excited to hear it. Um, but before I get into all that, uh, um, you know, verbal crutches. Uh, okay, how to. How to use verbal crutches. You're welcome. Podcasting 101. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, that one. 
All right, pull it together, pull it together. Okay, you can do this. Stay calm. Okay, you got this. Okay. Uh, there's a guy that writes for the Uniter, which is a University of Winnipeg, uh, I guess, school newspaper. I don't know. I don't want to make it sound all fucking Bayside, but um, it's the newspaper for the University of Winnipeg. And uh, yeah, so he he's doing a bit on Winnipeg podcast and he found me and I've done an interview with him. And I think some of the other guys in the Garbage Hill Network have been interviewed as well. And I'm actually kind of interested to see who else he's gotten. I'm not sure. So that comes out October 9th. If you live in the city, you can pick that up. Um, I'm not sure if he liked me or not. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go. So I hope he liked me. Otherwise, I'm just going to embarrass myself by having him dislike me and write about it and then telling you all to check it out. So maybe I should have waited until October 9th when that issue comes out. But he seemed quite nice. He seemed interested. He asked a lot of good questions, I think. I don't remember what any of my fucking answers were. Eh, anyway. Okay, let's talk to Daryl. Thanks. Super. Great. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, what, what I should say is uh, th- this email from Daryl was entitled Penis, and I think it may be the most excited I've ever been to open an email with the subject line penis. Hey, Sandra, it's Daryl. I enjoyed your five for five podcast days last week, and I listened and you invoked my name twice, so I had to respond. <laughs> the first time you said something about parking in cars, and yeah, that was the norm back in the day um, for dating. You know, we we all lived at home, but not as long as the kids these days. But uh, about the only place you could get by with uh, any kind of physical activity was in a car, and boy, that was uh, occasionally exciting because occasionally you got caught (laughs) and uh so but but yeah we uh it was you know i guess the only thing you might try to do uh if you know once your son gets to that age is to prevent that is get him a really really tiny car or something but as my uh you know kids will find a way that's for sure i uh, you know, the hormones raging in the teen years. And a friend of mine has a saying, um, he had two girls and, and he said, I could use my hands like a chastity belt and somehow they'd fuck between my fingers. So, <laughs> so, uh, good luck with that. Um, you mentioned, uh, like your son's dink looked a little different when he was ready to pee. And, um, I yeah I guess that would be uh, kind of the equivalent of morning wood you know where you got a, a urination erection and and uh, you know he's there's there's you know what this topic kind of led me to think to include here was you know the maybe the talk that you're gonna have with him as he gets older to that fucking the couch phase you know. Um, and he gets to junior high and uh, sees other boys in the locker room and whatnot. Since you don't have all that much experience with them, um, I guess there's a a couple things to share with you and your listeners. About <laughs> um, one thing that you know you could kind of keep his fears at a minimum by telling him about. 
there's two different really types of guys that, you know, people you might have heard of. There's growers and showers. You know, some guys are the same length flaccid as they are erect, and that kind of, you see those guys in the locker room, if you're not one of them, kind of freaks a, a grower out, you know. Um, and I'm kind of a firm believer in the Kama Sutra. They, I mean, they mentioned that there are basically three sizes of guys and three sizes of girls. And uh, the, the ideal, if, if you're going to go hetero, you know, the ideal situation is matching the sizes with your mate. And uh, I, I'm guessing that the average guy is somewhere around six inches. And that's fine because the average girl is somewhere around four inches deep. And so, you know, any guy that's self-conscious about not having a huge wang, you know, might that might help him feel better if he's not you know that you know as they used to say about breasts in high school is more than a mouthful is wasted you know <laughs> so um but yeah i mean i think uh the girls kind of have a, a better plumbing down there because they're specialized orifices and, and organs for sex and urination and procreation and and the guy has that dual function unit which um, you know I think would it puts me off if I could never do that if, if I was asked to but um, but you know like like say when he when he gets to be junior high and starts humping the couch and stuff, I don't know if it's a great idea. It probably is to teach him about masturbation or because um, uh, they say that uh, if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. If a guy doesn't ejaculate routinely, well, of course, you'll, you'd have a nocturnal emission if you didn't, but... Um, you know, you have more prostate problems in later life if you don't ejaculate frequently, quick, frequently. So, so as I understand it. But, uh, gosh, I've just rambled and rambled. I hope this helps. <laughs> I'll uh, talk to you later then. Thanks, Daryl. My my kid is two and a half, and I'm already dreading the junior high years. My only my only hope for myself is uh, that I die before before I have to have that talk. Cause I think about it sometimes it's almost like, like I have a countdown clock in my mind. I'm like, okay, I have 10 years. I have 10 years. Well, they put a lot of hormones in milk now. Do I have eight years? Maybe. Anyway, I don't know. It's just, I remember being kind of young and dumb and full of hormones. And I don't know what it's like to be a young, dumb, full of hormones boy. But like I've said before, I don't want him fucking my couch. So I've hidden razor blades between the cushions because if you're going to learn a lesson, you got to learn the lesson. Uh-huh. Parenting 101. I'm teaching a lot of courses this semester. Uh, I don't, like, whatever. If you want to jerk off, jerk off. But what, once you hit a certain age and uh, you're filling your socks with things other than feet and perhaps your T-shirts are also 
crunchy and the sheets are crunchy. Uh, you're, you're doing your own laundry, I feel. As a parent, it's my job to relieve you of the embarrassment of your semen-soaked articles of clothing. So I will teach him to wash his own clothes. And so help me God, if my washing machine gets pregnant, you're in big fucking trouble. Big fucking trouble. So I don't know what else to do as a parent. Get a big vat of Vaseline? Is that like, oh, I'm just going to casually leave this for you here, son. Mm. Oh, God. Maybe they'll have drones that'll give kids the sex talk. Because I think it's important if you're going to have a sex talk with a young boy. Yeah, boys are gross. Yeah, they jerk off and do weird things. And I'll never understand it. And I don't want to. And be honest with you, I'm going to walk around my house with a fucking pair of cymbals and a cowbell. I want my kid to hear me coming from a mile away. I do not want to walk in on anything. I've already seen him touching it in the womb through ultrasound. And I don't, I'm good. I never need to see that again, ever, ever again. So I'm going to make sure he knows I'm coming. But the one thing I want to tell him is that women aren't consumable. Women aren't just there for a guy's pleasure. It's their pleasure is equally, if not more important than your own. That's what I'm going to say to him. Because you can't, I don't want there to be a whole nother generation of men thinking that women are sluts and they love it and they want it. And just because you, sir, had a good time does not mean that she did. Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand heterosexual sex. And the more I think about it, the more I don't understand about it. Um, whatever. I won't get into it here because, like, we don't have four hours for no one in this room to explain to me how it actually works because I don't get it. I just don't get it. It must be pretty good. I mean, 90% of people are doing it. Can't be that bad, right? Right. Anyway, what was the point? I don't have one. Do you? Hmm. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I don't have time to talk about your problems. I only have time for my problems. That's why we're here. Okay? That's why everyone's here. To listen to me. Yeah, I'm sure you... Okay, look, your feelings are important. I just... Now's not the time. Okay? I'll call you later. Okay, here's Rose. I'm very excited to hear this. Thanks, Daryl. You're the best. You're, you're right up there with my favorites. Right up there. Right up there, Daryl. I'll mention your name four or five times a show today. Okay. Thanks. Hang on. Here's Rose. Hey, everybody. It's me, Rose. And holy cow, what a day. So last night I went to go see Eddie Pepitone, one of my favorite comedians at the Helium Comedy Club here in Portland, Oregon on Hawthorne Boulevard. Um, And today I had a therapy appointment uh, within a few, within a couple blocks of the same venue there on Hawthorne Boulevard. In fact, as I was, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So today, 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 I was super stressed out because I was going to a therapy appointment. Did I mention that? There you go. I mentioned it. Um, it's been a lifelong struggle, kids. Let's just skip to the chase. Um, and this is my first time back in therapy in over a year. And, um, and also my first time back since, uh, leaving my, uh, husband back east and moving to Portland. So there's, there's a lot going on, obviously. So I was also have this thing where I never, where it's just in the back of my head when you leave the house, like always think about what you, what you're wearing and what you look like when you leave the house. Cause you never know who you might run into. It's just one of those things super ingrained in me. And, uh, and I usually do cowtown to that bullshit societal fucktardedness, but not today. Nope, 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 nope. Because I, it was going to be a miracle if I was going to get myself on the two buses I needed to get my ass to therapy. So I had a beautiful, wicked case of bedhead. Uh, I've got short, 
wavy hair, so when it bedheads, it pretty much stays that way. Um, I was wearing a T-shirt, a black T-shirt that I pulled out of the hamper, um, so it was wrinkled, uh, had covered in white cat hair, and had about two weeks' worth of questionable odors all over it. Again, I'm going to therapy. I'm supposed to be miserable. What the fuck do I care? So dirty T-shirt, crappy hair, head, no makeup. Let's remember I'm 51 years old, people. Um, no makeup. And um, just rocking these awesome floral sunglasses. But anyway, so off I go to therapy thinking, fuck it. I probably won't run into anybody. Even if I do, who the fuck cares? My friends don't care. And I'm, you know, who cares about strangers? So I had my therapy session, and it was really intense. It was basically, you know, 51 years worth of tears crammed, shoved through my eyes in 50 minutes. So when I left the session, um, my eyes were super-duper red. Like, I even used the bathroom before I left the therapist's office and looked at myself in the mirror and said, awesome, I do look as psycho on the outside as I feel on the inside, and now I have to walk out to the bus stop on a beautiful sunny day. Awesome. And walking to the bus stop, I walked past this venue, this other venue on Hawthorne. Sorry, I got to clear my throat. <clears throat> Called the Analog uh, Cafe or Analog something or another, uh, where Rich Galvin has played a couple of times. And I'm probably going to see him there next Sunday, I think. Um, so that kind of cheered me up, like just walking past that and going, oh, you know, this is a place where my friend has been, my friend that I've never met in person, my internet ghost friend. Um, you know, like that's a, like this is a reminder of the good things in life, the analog. And then, you know, I was at the bus stop and I'm like, oh, and this is the same bus stop that I was at last night waiting for the bus to go home after seeing Pepitone at the Helium because there's the Helium. I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, this is the bus stop. And last night when Pepitone came out of the Helium to get into his cab, I yelled from the bus stop, Pepitone, great show. And he kind of turned around and somebody pointed him to my direction and I waved and he said, thank you. And um, I also sent out a tweet about loving the show, which I realized timestamp wise, like a nerdy fangirl, that he favorited my tweet while I was at the bus stop before I complimented him on his set. So anyway, I'm thinking about all of that while I'm there at the bus stop, also very aware that I'm really, really hungry, and I'm about to pull out some pumpkin bread from my satchel. Satchel. And uh, as, I, as I look up, he was stroll sauntering, sauntering down the beautiful, sunny, autumnal day here in Portland. Eddie fucking Pepitone. So, of course, there I am. Did I mention how awful I looked? What a psycho I looked like? My eyes were covered with my sunglasses at first. But there's Eddie Pepitone, and all I can say is, Mr. Fucking Pepitone, I can't believe it. Because I'm a classy lady, and, and he looks up, and he laughs and smiles, and, and I said, hey, you know, I, I saw you at the helium last night. I was the weirdo that shouted at you from the bus stop. You favored... I basically told him everything that I just told you, saying, like, in big, giant stamps all over me, I am an idiot fangirl in a filthy, dirty, wrinkly T-shirt covered in cat hair like a crazy lady, and I stink... Probably. I don't know. My sinuses are, are clogged. And with wicked bedhead, hi, this is who is talking to you. And he, uh, Jesus Christ, he could not have been nicer. Of course, of course. I mean, 
if you know Pepitone, you know you know that he is who he is, who he is, who he is. And if you like that, then it's golden, and I like it, and it's golden. And he he could not have been nicer. Um, I even just like. Like I'm a very touchy person, and I instinctively like put my hand on his shoulder, like like some like I would anybody, and then I just immediately jerked it back and said, "Oh my god, I, I just touched you. That's so inappropriate. I'm just I'm sorry. This is just crazy right now." I and I told him, and I just blurted out, "I said I I just came out of a therapy appointment. Like this is just too funny to me. Like this is so perfect." And he laughed at the perfection of it, and then he put his you know, hand on my shoulder and said, was it good for you? And I said, well, actually, your show last night was better, but I think I'm on the right path with therapy. Ha, 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 we both laughed. And um, he was on his way to go meet somebody at a vegan place. And so we, you know, we walked and talked towards that area and uh, talked about our pets and um, the Ramones you know, just all, just all sorts of things, whatever. Portland awesomeness, um, his dogs, his awesome wife, um, and, and the five cats and my cat. Um, and, and I, you know, just said like, I, you know, like really loved your set last night. It was like exactly what I needed right now. And it's just was, you know, such a delight to finally see you. I've been such a big fan. You know, I wish I could see your other sets like, you know, but I hope they're all awesome. I'm sure they will be. And he just looked at me and he goes, well, is it, is it just, just a matter of money? And I said, yeah. I said, of, of course. And he goes, oh, well, I can comp you. Would you like me to comp you plus one? Which show would you like to go to? Yada, 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 yada. And I'm like, oh, my holy fucking shit. So it looks like tomorrow night I'm going to go to his last show here in Portland. That was his suggestion. Um, at first he was concerned. He goes, is that, is that too late for you? It doesn't start till 10. And, you know, and like, I appreciate that. Look, he actually thinks like a human being and thinks about the fact that, like, you know, he immediately, he's a smart dude. He immediately assesses, I can't help but bring the feminist thing in it, I'm sorry. He, he like, assesses the situation of, like, here's a woman traveling by the bus, and is this a safe idea to do this late at night, or would it, you choose something, would you like something better? Like, that's how... I don't know. That's humanity. Oh, hooray. Sometimes humanity isn't awful. Um, so yeah, and I was like, I can take a cab home, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go to the, to the last show Saturday night at 10 o'clock. So it'll be loose. It'll probably be longer. Not looking forward to seeing Amy Miller again because I already saw her last night. I already saw her open for Kyle Dunnigan. But anyway, who cares? Who cares? I got the fucking talk to Eddie Pepitone for like 15 or 20 minutes, like one-on-one -on -one about just whatever. Hey, yeah, we've like, yeah, we're both mentally ill and still like try to find the positive in life when we're not like punching life also. It's just awesome. Just so, so, so awesome. And that's just kind of how my life is. And now I'm going to get a little bit weird and I'm sorry. But one of the things that my therapist said today when she was like going through all the things on the questionnaire and all the things that I checked off because my life has been just so wonderful. We love sarcasm. And she said that it was amazing that with all of that that I was still able to actually bring myself in to an appointment. And you know, and she asked about like other things that I'm, and I said, yeah, I can do very, very specific things. Like last night I went to a comedy show, like even brought up the fucking show because I know how important it is 
to leave myself open to something awesome happening because if I don't, then that's just how the black hole takes over. And so how wonderful is it to come out of what feels like a really black hole therapy session, feeling better for it, like it was helpful. I'm going to be taken care of. Things are good. It's like it was all good, but it was still really intense. And just how lucky am I to have bookend between that, seeing one of my favorite comedians live the night before, and then get to run into him on the street and have a genuine conversation with him before catching the bus home to go get my prescription and then come home and record this segment. So there you go. That's my update. See ya. Bye. Holy Jesus H. Christ. Oh, yeah, I know. It's hard to have feelings. It's really, it's really hard to have feelings. God damn it. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that happened to you in a way because, I mean, it feels better. It's a good release. Get it the fuck out and then just masturbate furiously. I mean, that's the only thing you can really do. Right? I'm glad you're feeling better. Did, maybe, maybe instead of touching Eddie Pepitone's shoulder, licking an eyebrow is kind of a nice, interesting way to say hello. I think. What do you think? Okay. No one asked me. Right. Okay. Thanks, Rose. That was a that was a great segment. You're quite talented. You're very funny. Good at telling a story. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. But they they do like you though. They do. Okay, thank you very much. That was very generous. Thanks. Uh, Eddie Pepitone, if you're out there, if I ever meet you, cover your face in saran wrap, just for your own sake. Just put a condom right over those eyebrows because I'm going in there and I might chew on them a little bit. I might go like this. All over those eyebrows. Just watch yourself. Okay, that's about it for me, I think. Um, so, yeah, if you want to send in a segment, feel free. Change of address 69 at gmail.com. Um, I don't know. iTunes review if you want. Your mom already left one. What else is there? Facebook, Twitter, Sandra D. Sanchez, if you want. If you don't want, uh, whatever. Um, yeah. Okay, thanks for having me. I gotta go. Busy. Yeah, time for nap.